0: Welcome to the I Get Buckets podcast. I'm your host. My name is Simon Harrix, and we are back to talk all things fantasy basketball. And this time, we have a very special guest. We have with us today, Mr. Lugies Boogies, a.k.a. The Boogie Man, a.k.a. Sir Trades A Lot. It is the man. It's the one and only Mr. Chris Lugman. How are you today? Hey, looking forward to this. Yeah, well been a long time coming since you've had you back onto the podcast so i appreciate you giving up some time even though we've got a little bit more time potentially in lockdown i know it's hard so so thank you for coming that's all right so i think as part one of the i get buckets fantasy review podcast is done we're moving on to, to part two and it's going to be really good to get you on because we're going to go through again some of the players that have been drafted and talking all things fantasy. That happened this year, and then potentially projecting onto next year. But it's always good not to have just me kind of speaking into the void, and someone to bounce off today. So we're going to go through all of um so trades, A Lot's team, um as well as um some other players if we get time. So it's it's really good to have you in, and um I'm looking forward to some of your insight, mate. Right? Yeah, made some interesting decisions. Nah, well, I think you've kind of come into this pod thinking that i'm gonna i'm gonna have some choice words or or slam but as i was preparing for some of the stuff i think um i think a lot of it's it's more about context as well more than just saying you know some of the 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 moves didn't pan out or didn't go the way so um i just i think it's going to be interesting to delve a little bit deeper on some of the stuff but as we all know in fantasy it's um you know no one has a a a script to know where everything goes so um we can we can see where your heads at and see how some of the things kind of may have gone right or may have got wrong but um yeah it's going to be fun mate yeah.
1: sometimes you got to risk it get the biscuit sometimes i risk it
0: too far exactly i like it well i think we'll start kind of just like straight off for of your team um i was saying before that it might not be worth going through all of the players given that um, I think maybe two or three of them were on your team that you drafted by um, the end of the <laughs> the, the year. But um, do you have any like first thoughts of kind of um, coming into this season with your drafting that you want to kind of impart or is it just um, a, a standard Lugie's uh, philosophy of kind of taking it as it comes and, and seeing how you go? Well, in the season, just go on,
1: board our season anyway Um, I should have I I pretty much drafted what I wanted and I was really happy with it but I just I get doubts about my team and then I trade them really poor. so coming into this season really going to try and
0: So coming into this year, did you have any like um, kind of initial thoughts or anything you wanted to share before we start delving into it?
1: Basically, I was pretty happy with the team I drafted. But, you know, I got injuries and the COVID thing really rocked me. And I got nervous and I just traded away assets that I probably should have just held on to.
0: Yeah, well, I think like going through your list, uh, it's a lot of like really interesting players. And I think, I can't remember all the, the, the things I said on, on the review, but I think like Damian Lillard at, at, um, in first rounds was was something that I was, maybe said like, he, he's worth being a, a first round player, but if he's not making a shot, sometimes he's going to make it hard. I don't know. He ended up finishing about, um, I think like 20 something in, in the overall average. So when you, you get him at seven, but I mean, Overall, I have no problem with that. I think he's a star player that kind of can lead you to to wins. Um, I know you you took Trey Young in the second round, and we're going to go through all your trades because obviously he went. But I thought Vooch was a good pick in three. Jamal Murray was a real interesting one. Um, I guess him at the front, you were expecting him to to continue his bubble form and, and kind of really take that next step. Yeah, I certainly was. Like he was
1: outstanding in the bubble. like, uh, so hopefully that'll roll on, but it did and it didn't. Oh, he had
0: spurts. Yeah, well, I think, you know, injury, of of course, was, was quite hard, but um, I think, like, overall, the the, the top end of the, the draft is, is you know, fine. And I think uh, we said, you know, John Wall was a risk, the Marcus Cousins was a risk, but I think he kind of navigated that quite well with the season. Um I think it's probably just worthwhile kind of delving straight into some of the, the trade stuff, and then we'll talk um, about the players as they go. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was interesting. Like you said, for your philosophy, you probably jumped off them a little bit too quick. But I mean, at the time, you would have thought that you know, um, being motivated, I think, um, and and tell me what, you know if I, this is wrong by any ways, but I think you know you, you look at. You know your m b a knowledge and and perspective on things and I don't think we can put trades into a vacuum of this person's averaging this and and someone averaging you know a little bit more it's it's a lot more to to do with you know where you see their role in the team and how their their thing is moving forward so I'm assuming on the most part you know trades have to to make sense but was it you know, you're saying just like the the totality of all the trades in the end might have been <laughs> um, the downfall. Or? A bit too much. Yeah, yeah. Like there's players that I should not
1: have traded. Like let's let's be honest. Like who trades Damian Lillard? <laughs> who who trades Vooch? I mean, seriously. I was trying. What I was trying to do is get and in the end, I probably went too far, which we all know that, but. In our I thought well if I can get two more than decent players for one awesome player and one not so good player but that philosophy doesn't
0: didn't really work so well I mean I think I think you have to be like active and take risks and I think um, as we go through the season there's a there's always a a thing to, to overreact to trades. And I mean, I'm um, guilty of it at, at times. And then when you get hindsight to kind of look back on it, um, it can be quite interesting. And I think um, now that, you know, it's over and we've had the, the time to kind of reflect on the season and where things went right and wrong. And I'll, you know, highlighted where I think for, for a few teams and we'll do it as you go. And I know when we talk about my team, I'll, I have a few thoughts of, of where I went wrong and right. Um, but I think with you know the hindsight glasses we, we can see a lot of the trades and I think there's a lot of sense to, to, to them on an individual level but it's the totality when you look at it all it's almost like a, a death of a thousand cuts where um, a couple of times you've probably got um, back who I would have thought was the best player in the trade but on the most part um, it's it's trading someone good for for a couple of players that are um, a little bit less and then um, if you're projecting forward and you see a role there's no problem with that. But when you do it, you know, ten times, <laughs> sometimes it can kind of dispel a little bit of danger. But um, yeah, what do yeah, you want to be
1: done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no,
1: sometimes like, I watch a lot of basketball and listening to a lot of basketball and and everything like that. So I know who's playing well and and stuff like that. No kind of like I just think well maybe if I can get that person and this person for that person and that person it might work out but then you have more COVID issues and you have more injuries and stuff like that it's just it's all unpredictable I mean it's not an exact science though MJ seems to have it
0: down Pat <laughs> yeah I think it's a really good point in terms of um, like different philosophies to, to fantasy basketball but you know if you're, if you're watching, uh, you know, a lot, you can kind of uh put stock into you know a few trends or, or ways you see players you know going forward, and if you can take an advantage of that, um, by trading, um, and, and bringing in players, you know, I think it's it's a skill that you need to use. But as you said, with kind of COVID and some of that unpredictability, it, it made it probably a little bit harder. Um, but I mean, I think it's it's an interesting when you talk about. Uh, MJ, who's you know the, the champion in our league, um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll talk a lot when when I get to the two the champion teams. But I thought it was kind of two different philosophies uh, versus each other in terms of someone who um, kind of really played it down the line, a little bit more reserved, but kind of like um, smart with their pickups and kind of um, a little bit more patience to to another philosophy that we've seen work in the league, especially um, in the season that you won it, where you can be a little bit more um, willing to kind of uh, ride players on, in short bursts and, and hop on them when they're hot and and kind of ride the wave of wire, which was, you know, uh, what um, Dan did a lot more in a runner-up. And I think both philosophies are a way to win, and we've seen that before. Um, it's just kind of um, nailing it in the the critical moments. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's any any problem with it. But as you said, the COVID um, made things a little bit harder, especially when we saw so many teams kind of uh burn through some trades a lot quicker this year. So
1: Yeah, I think at one point I had like six players out and two D DTDs. I'm like, come on, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know a, a lot of people I, was, uh, I wasn't
1: the only one. I wasn't the only one I didn't Yeah. It was just managed it better.
0: Yeah, and I think I think, you know. The, the the league and you know other people would would be able to put in different um, precautions and, and stuff to help people get through uh, but we've seen we saw you know at least in this year like people probably um, fell down a little bit with with not being a little bit more reserved with some of the the risk taking um, but I mean as you said it's like you say you got to risk it to get the biscuit but um, uh, we didn't see. We we saw you know a few people kind of um, get burnt a little bit more, but um, yeah, we can we can start talking about some some players at the moment. Um, do you want to just go through some of your trades? Because I was thinking <laughs> we can go through them. Um, I can almost give like a a, a grade, <laughs> and you can give me your thoughts if that sounds fun. Yeah,
1: let's do that.
0: Uh... Yeah, well, I mean, it's really funny because. Uh, the first one that kind of kick-started um, was, was Jamal Murray and DeMarcus Cousins for, for Terry Rozier and Brandon Clark. Um, and and with hindsight, like, I think it was quite clear, um, and you can look statistically, that um, Terry Rozier was the best player out of all four of them by the end of the year. So um, He yeah, hasn't won that yeah, I think I think hundred percent he did did really well. Jamal Murray averaged, you know, a, a touch more than ter- Terry Rogier, but he was injured. <laughs> he was in and out of the lineup. Jamal, you know, twenty one point six for the season. Terry Rogier, the whole thing was like he, he can't keep up um what he's doing. Um finished with an average of twenty point six for the whole year, barely missed a game. Um I think I'd be very happy with that one, mate. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was happy with
0: it. Actually, that was the first one I was happy with. Yeah, well, I, Demarcus Cousins and Brandon Clark basically both came all, like awash. So um, I think and that, in that that respect, um, that's fine. <laughs> um, the next one was also um, one that I thought you did quite well on. So it was uh, Trey Young and Larry Markinen for Kawhi Leonard and Eric Bledsoe. So Take, take me through some of your thoughts with this one, mate.
1: Well, who wouldn't want Kawhi, seriously? Um, but that is Kawhi so he is different from playing in games than he is in finals. When he's in finals, he's just a man that you want all the time. But he misses so many back-to-backs and he misses so many games during the season. It makes it hard to keep him in a way, henceforth. I traded him to you later on, but yeah, but um, yeah, no, I love Kawhi. I'll, I wish I drafted for Kawhi to be honest, but yeah, yeah. I do that a lot too. Though I, I try and draft people and I can't get them, so I'll try and trade for them.
0: Yeah, I think I do
1: that, I think I do that with Damian Lillard like three years in a row. Yeah, well. So this able to <laughs> draft him, I was pretty
0: stoked. I was gonna say this year we ever draft him and then couldn't get rid of him quick enough, but no. Nah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, nah, well, t- to be honest, like I think as I said, like as you look at all of them, like when you, when you trade away the the best player every time, sometimes it can it can kind of catch up with you. But in this scenario, like I think you got the best player back. I think um Kawhi Leonard. The, the hesitation of him early in the year was you know he missing back to backs and is he healthy but um, you know he, he, he didn't really do that as much this year you know he had a few you know patches where he missed some games but overall you know he was quite you know healthy and his average was great I thought the the kicker for where um, this could have come back to, to, to burn you was you know if Larry marketing was good and I thought um, it'd be interesting on your your thoughts was that if you'd seen enough of Larry to think that maybe um, he's worth kind of moving on from, um, you know, I know you drafted him. At, um,
1: well, he see. was actually doing really well until he got injured. And I'm like, oh, do I do it? Do I do it? Do I, do it? I don't know. Anyway, and then I just thought, well, I'll give it a whirl. I'll just do it. And um, I did it. And then that day I traded him and it went through. He did his shoulder. So... <laughs> I just, I just sent. I just sent message to NJ saying, "Sorry, man, that was not intentional."
0: <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes it's um, it's just kind of the way it falls. You, it's it's crazy how often you see that kind of happen. Sometimes, but um, I know uh, Larry Markin and taking ninety fourth um in our league. It was, I think, at the time I said it was as a interesting, interesting pick, and I think a lot of people were. Were really wanting to get him around the the same time, thinking that you know a a new kind of look around the Bulls would would get him back into the you know the offensive mindset that we saw um, earlier in his career, or at least some of the upside. But um, I think you know <laughs> I, again with with the hindsight, you really jumped off the bandwagon at the right time. And I know you know you, you trade into the team, ended up you know going to the championship and. It was just interesting. There was there was games at the end of the season where, you know, team had a, a full list of players and had to choose someone to bench and they were benching Larry Markden because he was he was such a a non kind of threat by the end. Um this makes me feel very interested in his stock moving forward and his draft position. I know he basically had career lows in Big all ball. the in county was, stats. Yeah, like lows in points, steals, rebounds, assists, and blocks. It's 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 not for, for happy reading. But um, yeah, he's going to be an interesting I one next year, I reckon. I think
1: he'll fall. I think he'll fall because I don't think he's going to. I don't think he might
0: even get started really. Yeah, I, I I look at the, his role at, at the Bulls now. Um, Obviously, with, you know, Patrick Williams and Thaddeus Young played quite well this year, and that's kind of where um, all these Patrick Williams was showing something. Um, but there's, they've got a little bit of, um, uh, uh, you know, too many players, I think, to fit and whether they want to solve it by trade to kind of go down. But, um, yeah, we'll see what they do in um, we'll free agency. They we'll
1: probably still get good picks for him, I reckon. I mean, he's still, he's still young.
0: Yeah, there's still stock there. I think there's a lot of people that would be like, oh, now's the time to buy low. Um, But I just don't know what it does for his fantasy stock if he stays at um, Chicago. He got drafted 94 this year, and I can't imagine him going higher, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I
1: I think he's heading
0: south now, so. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move through to some some of the other trades. Um, Yeah. Yeah, just loading up some of the stuff um I think there's some real I think the John Wall for Joe Harris one was was fine <laughs> um I think
1: I was happy with that because well I love, love Joe Harris.
0: <laughs> yeah well I think it's almost that risk um reward thing and Joe Harris is such a solid um you know unit you know, of baseline of production where John Wall was a little bit up and down but um, I think for the most part it depends on what you're you're looking for. I think John Wall obviously has the highest potential um, and he averaged 19.1 which is, you know, almost a, a full three points more than Joe Harris but, um, or four points really, but um, it depends what you're looking for.
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, I probably could have kept Wall and still been fine but that was the other thing, he was injured as well and yeah. he was missing and I needed someone consistent and he he didn't miss any games, so
0: yeah,
1: like, he might have been under missed one or two, and that was it. Like he's just he's just consistent.
0: Yeah, and you need some of those players on your team. So I mean, I don't have a huge problem with that one. Um, I guess some of the interesting ones. Uh, Stephen Adams for for Al Horford. I get it because Al Horford was looking quite good <laughs> for that short time on OKC, um, but it became hard, obviously, with him going out. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, that one sucked. And then the other one that really sucked that I really didn't I didn't do was the Booch one.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I think so, that's the he, one that got me most pissed off. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so here's here's probably where it starts um, for me <laughs> um, becoming like that kind of real death by a thousand cut stuff where um, you trade you've you've got an hour but then you trade him and Vucevic for for Cancer and Ingram. Um,
1: Cancer was good.
0: Cancer was actually fantastic. Um, I guess the thing is with 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 Cancer and. I mean, he averaged 20.9 for the year and was, was, was really good. So that's a, that's a bonus. Um, and I think you, you wrote it out quite well. Um, it was just sometimes when I look at, you know, rosters for fantasy players, I go down the list and say, Oh, who's like a completely bankable guy that I can rely on all season. And Ennis Kanter has a lot of question marks in terms of what his role would be, what his minutes and his, his per 36 stats always look good. But, um, you know, is he someone I can rely on, and and that's the question when it comes to draft time or where you're going to take him, and that's why you know um, I think he was undrafted in our league before um, he gets picked up in free agency, and then, um, but I mean I think it, it went it went fine for you. It was just more uh, Brandon Ingram, you know, finished with an average of twenty three point three, and Vucevic you know, twenty nine point one and that the difference can be quite stark. I know getting canter for Horford ends up being um, a brilliant one, but then you just you lower the ceiling with your best players just a little bit. Um but I mean you would have um did you have any inkling that you know Vucevic might have got traded and that was some of the reasoning?
1: Yeah I, I thought Vucevic was actually gonna get traded and you know doesn't always work when they when you get traded it the the numbers always are a bit fluctuant. So I thought it was a, a risk that I could take, but he, he did get traded, but it took a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, again, when you kind of look at it in a vacuum, if I think there's a, a real kind of risk involved with, with trading someone who was averaging so high, um, you know, for Brandon Ingram and Anascanter, but I think there's an argument to say that you know Anascanter was was so solid um, for so long, and then if you thought there's risk in Vucevic being traded at the deadline and his role wouldn't be the same, that um, to get someone off stock like Brandon Ingram is is not like a, a, a horrible thing. So I think overall it was probably a wash. I think because Vucevic was so good, um, missing out on him um, raising his ceiling kind of hurt. But because Ennis um, was ended up being so solid, it kind of it made up for, for a lot of the stuff. So, um, again, in, in in like looking at just the individual thing, I think you've got a case to say that there wasn't really too much wrong with that one. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I just, my brain just gets all a bit weird sometimes, I think.
0: No, well, I think as you're going through the the first two with Terry Rozier, um, and then getting Kawhi, and then almost the cancer inning, I think overall it's it, it's it's not too bad, which is which is fun because we, we 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 talk a lot about trades and kind of where it went. And to be honest, I think this one here, the next one, you actually come out really well as well in terms of. Uh, trading Rui Hashimura and Kawhi Leonard for for Kobe White and Clint Capella. Um, uh, I have no regrets for that one. Yeah, well, <laughs> I have no regrets either. This one was with me. I I don't have any re- regrets because I look at it and I said all the things we just spoke about Kawhi um, and how you know you know good he could be. Um, I think getting an opportunity to add someone like him. Uh, you know, the price to pay is, is, is selling like Clint, Clint Capella. And, you know, I was taking a risk and banking on maybe that, you know, Rui Hachimura could, could be better than, than Kobe White. Um, and if, you know, Kawhi and Rui can be better than, than Clint and Kobe, it's, 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 a win-win, but as we saw, uh, Clint Capella was, um, absolute beast mode. He was, um, I think he was like top 25 in the league, um, Basically, when he when he got traded, and then he was tuning out, you know, like fifties uh, for one week, and and Kawhi Leonard uh, continued to to miss a few games. So, if you kind of look at the averages and and the total fantasy points from the point of the trade to the end of the season, uh, Kabala um definitely scored more than Kawhi. So, um, you did well there, mate.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was pretty straight to that one.
0: Yeah. I think I think I think that one you, you've got away with a, a win for sure, um, and then I guess the, the the next one was was not um, surprising for a few of us kind of coming through knowing that you were you were shopping people so you, Damian Lillard and then Brandon Clark who was still on the roster at this point um, trading for for Shea Gilgis Alexander and and Chris Boucher. Um, and I think a lot of this kind of was on, on what you thought of, of Chris Boucher at the time. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, I think I'm assuming this is another one of um, trading one player for two, what you're hoping is like good players to, to keep you afloat.
1: Basically. And that, and that and that was the other thing. I was thinking, God, I had to just quit. That's not me. I punched through the whole way through
0: to the end, yeah, and I love that, and it's it's it's, it's what I think um, has has got you some success uh, in a few of the other seasons, and it's you know unfortunate that that Shea kind of missed um, some games towards the end, but um,
1: yeah, cause
0: he was he was killing it too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Shea averaged uh, a twenty five point five for for the year compared to you know Damian Lillard's. Um, twenty-eight point three. So I mean, it, it's it's it is a stark difference. But um, if you think that Chris Boucher is such a big upgrade on on Brandon Clark, where you can make that argument, um, then
1: well, it was in, in some games.
0: So we'll move on to the next one, and we'll bang out a few of the other trades, and then we'll kind of just <laughs> just talk about uh, things to finish up. But uh, I guess the next one was was uh, you. Trading Brandon Ingram and then getting Tyler Hero and John ja Morant back, um, so I think on paper again, this is another like one for two. Um, it's it's unfortunate that Tyler Hero became such a wash, but I I don't I don't hate kind of trying to buy low on him. The John ja Morant thing was really interesting. He was a high pick in our league. Um, again, it's just you know he's the third. Yeah, yeah, third round pick for, for one of the teams. And um, he might have been picked before Brandon Ingram, which would have um, been a little bit, or maybe just after, potentially. But um, yeah, 28th overall was Brandon Ingram. And then that's the – see, John Morant was actually um, taken 25th. Yeah, so you've, you've moved up three spots, I guess. So if you put it in that vacuum, it doesn't look as bad. But. Um, yeah, it's just, depending on your, your thoughts on whether Tyler Hero is going to be good, Brandon Ingram is just averaging three more points than Jar. Um, I guess it's, yeah, looking if you can get Jar to have a little bit of a moment later in the season and Tyler Hero to, to pick up some slack. Yeah, well, I thought um, it,
1: only if Jar
0: bloody played like he'd play it. Jesus Christ. That would have been great. But, yeah, well, we'll see. I think I said that... Th- third round pick for jar was a little bit early. Um, you were banking on that improvement. I think it, it, it turned out to to be early based on his average, but, um, I'm curious if he he goes probably somewhere similar next year, again, with, with someone wanting to have a risk on some of the, the, the improvements for jar. Um, (laughs) the, the last one, I guess we've got here and, um, some of the thoughts I've got, not reserved for the podcast, but for our next AGM. <laughs> but um, uh, trading Clint Capella for Thaddeus Young and DeAndre Jordan.
1: Yeah. Let's not talk
0: about that. <laughs> I can, uh, like, only, like, real quick thoughts in terms of I understand when you're at the the max of, of your trade drops and you've got IR people that, you know, again, the philosophy of trading a good player for for, for two playing ones like more average there's there's some um thought process behind it so i i get that but again you've just kind of traded Capello, who was on such a a tear i think he was averaging um close to 30 points a game and fantasy points and he was the 23rd ranked player in our league i think at that point um yeah probably just doesn't do do any service for the team but yeah Oh,
1: obviously,
0: I was on crack that day. <laughs> it just got me, got me at a good time, I guess. I just, I think, like it's just interesting talk because, um, well, as we've gone through each of the trades, like I think it's um, you've taken a win on on a few of them, and in particular, there's some of the logics there. Um, it's just more as is, as is, it continues on because, um, if you want, I'm going to list Out all the players that you traded out, and then the players you traded in. In total, are you ready? Yep. All right. So from all of them all season, these are the players you traded. You had out Jamal Murray, Trey Young, Larry Markkinen, John Wall, Stephen Adams, Rui Hachimura, Nikola Vucevic, Damian Lillard, and DeMarcus Cousins. and then your ins were Terry Rogier, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Joe Harris, Ennis Kanter, Kobe White, Chris Boucher, Tyler Hero, Jar Thad Young, and then DeAndre Jordan. So I think when it's like written down and I read them out. It's a big difference. Yeah, I think that's when it becomes a, an obvious difference. Which is, which is interesting because yeah, I think I when, really... yeah, sorry, go.
1: That's how I realized that I went too far.
0: But... Yeah. Cause I mean, individually, like you can see the logic behind it and a lot of them you've kind of come out looking pretty good. Um, but then it's when you kind of, you put it all down some of the talent that's kind of left, um, compared to some of the guys that are coming in and, I mean, Terry Rogier and Ennis Cantor and and Boucher, you know, their average probably um is surprisingly good compared to to what you think when you read them off a piece of paper. But um yeah, I just thought that was an interesting uh process to to finish up kind of. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: uh, lesson learned. Let's
0: put the that. Oh well, I don't think it's even like lesson learned. I think it's more just like, you know. You have to roll the dice sometimes and, and things don't go the way and, and that's how it is. But um, I just think it's fun. Um, you know, everyone I – mean, there's only one winner in the end and everyone else, you know, has to, to lick their wounds and look towards next year and it's just um, an exercise. to. It's fun to kind of get you on and, and, and chat it all about it and, and I have a good time and you've always been a good sport about it all, so I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> I, I, I love this shit.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, well, we're already counting down to, to the next um, draft. But in the meantime, if you've got a couple minutes, we can talk playoff basketball if you want.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Let's talk
0: that. Yeah, you've been watching a lot?
1: Yeah. Not work, so I've been doing
0: that. <laughs> Have you got – so um, – is obviously we're we're into the second round now. Do you have any like teams that have impressed you or or surprising things? Anything that you want to mention?
1: Oh, your Brooklyn boys are looking pop.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm um, the scale of emotions from going from the first minute of, of game one against Bucks when Harden went down to to the end of um game two is is quite stark. Um, but I think it's important. Uh, exactly what Durant kind of said at the end of the game today is that they've only really done what they were supposed to do and, and take care of home court and, and now they move to Milwaukee um, and they're going to be a lot better probably so um, but I think overall I've been very uh, surprised and, and uh, it's been good to see a lot of their defense and their switching and, and knowing that some of the the trials that we've gone through is kind of I think strengthened some of the the role players' depth and and realisation of of what they kind of bring to the table. And Claxton's been good. Bruce Barron's been good. Um, Griffin's been been more than you could probably ask for. Who else, sorry?
1: Jamit was pretty good today.
0: Yeah, well, when he can can hit threes, it kind of opens up things for us. And um, we traded that pick. That ended up being Sadiq Bey, I think it was, for the Pistons um, in a three-way for him. And I think he can help us in this series. When we've shortened our rotation, Shannon's been, been someone that's still there. So um, I think he's important to – he can have bursts, which I think might become more important as we go.
1: Really, because that's what you guys need. If, if, say, your starter's missing, which is pretty rare, but say they're missing, him coming off the bench is just—it's what you need. You need that
0: first off the off the bench. Yeah, for sure. I think he's shown that he's, he can handle it a little bit as well in the passing, but he, he can play off ball and just fit in and and, and gunsling. So um, I think that's good. I'm I'm quite um, bored. Like I've I've always thought that uh, anything less than like an Eastern Conference um, appearance is is a fail for the team, given the the talent and the money invested. But um, I think they've. Uh, may me you know we can see what it looks like and when it comes together and when it comes together you'd think that they're they're worthy of of challenging for a title especially um when Durant's playing the way he is so we'll see how it goes I know you were excited by Phoenix basketball <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Phoenix look they look really good like I'm saying that that's that's a side that's not to empower. so I think, but um, I, I think I think Phoenix will probably win quite easily. I'm saying that because it's, like, it's all on Joker and Buddy uh, Michael Porter Jr. So
0: yeah, yeah, today's game is interesting because. Obviously, like halfway through the third, um, Denver are up about 10. and They were were looking quite good and Phoenix kind of just like flicked a switch and Chris Paul kind of guided them to to what felt like, you know.
1: I'm going to make some
0: shots. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of said, well, you know, this is what I do for a living now. Let's go. Um, And then they kind of just were able to take control of the game. And I think going into the game today, I, you know, would have – I felt quite comfortable about, you know, Phoenix's his chances with the series and, and now really their chances in, in the West, which feels a little bit open now that, um you know, the Lakers have gone. But, um, yeah, I think the, the Suns can be really positive about some of the signs. I think Aiden's played well. I think Cameron Payne has been <laughs> a bit of a revelation, but um, I just think he, he kind of knows his role um, and, and he can be quite quick and break down. Um, the the defense and obviously Macal Bridges today is showing why he was a um, you know in my eyes the most improved player candidate uh, this year and they go deep. Jay Crowder's been there before. I just think there's a lot of lot of things to like, and that's without even talking about Devin Booker who's been fantastic. So um, yeah, Cameron,
1: Cameron Payne's really just you know decided to play basketball properly. Didn't want to do it at OKC, but you know.
0: He's a bit of a, a resurrection prospect. I know he played um that G League bubble, I'm pretty sure, and played very well. And um people were, were really low on him and giving him shit for a long time. So uh, it's kind of nice to see. Um, it's kind of fit together a little bit for him. And if he can if he can shoot the three and then hit down that, I think um, him getting to the basket. Um, he's always been quick. It's just um, him playing within himself, but but knowing Knowing his limitations and hitting his shots, um, it can be really important. So, yeah.
1: Well, I, I think it'll be, but like, much as so I think Phoenix are doing really well, good luck trying to stop that Jazz team, though. They're bloody, they're pretty, pretty, pretty awesome team.
0: It's a good call, and I feel like a Jazz have almost been a little bit uh, slept on. Or they, you know, they got the one seed, lost that first game to. Um, Memphis, but since then, I mean, that one was without Mitchell and they've just kind of knocked them over and we haven't seen them play um, for a while because it seems like uh, we've seen, you know, Brooklyn and and Milwaukee, Phoenix. They've all played twice, I think, since we've seen the Jazz play last time. So um, there's a bit of recency bias for that, for sure.
1: Yeah. And then they come in against the the Clippers who really, really had to fight for it. Like... That that was
0: a pretty good series. Uh yeah, well it it's so funny how a week's a long time in basketball where you know you go from what team is Kawhi gonna be on next year to oh well there should be favorites in the West now, where you hear some people saying that, which is it's it's crazy how, how you know, two wins um can kinda of change everything for you. But um I think the 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 Clippers jazz series. I, w- I would have said the, the Bucks Nets was, you know, the one to watch and it still might be. It's only been two games, but I think the, the Clippers jazz becomes super duper interesting now.
1: Oh yeah, I reckon although we'll see Paul George turn up. <laughs>
0: he- yeah. I'm 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 really looking forward to it. We'll have to um get back and talk about more player things as we go on. But it's been it's been awesome having you on, mate. Cheers.
1: Ah, oh, that's all right. I've
0: really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more basketball, and we'll um, I'll turn out some of the other the reviews for fantasy as we go. I've um, got a little bit more time um, in lockdown, but um, we'll see how we go. But thanks again. It's been it's been a pleasure, and we'll, we'll have to get you back soon, bro. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in and um, hopefully the audio quality was pretty good and we'll be watching playoff basketball and, and, and getting back to you soon with, with more I uh, get buckets updates, but thanks again and, and take care everyone.